What's up? It's Tom from Plain White Tees hanging out on The Anthony Rogers Show. You are now listening to the best show in the universe, The Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it's not. It's The Anthony Rogers Show. Tell all of your friends to listen to this show. This episode is sponsored by Dr. Hemp. Go to Dr. Hemp Supplies, drhempsupply.com. Uh, you get some palm pre-rolls. This is CBD and CBG. You have uh, mint flavors, banana flavors, berry flavors, watermelon, pine. Just try them all. Go to drhempsupply.com. Use promo code Best Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, before I forget, go to glitchenergy.com. Use promo code Best Show. Get 25% off Glitch Energy and stay in the zone when you're playing video games. Welcome back to the greatest show in the universe. Uh, today we have a huge guest uh, from an even bigger band. Uh, he shouldn't have done this show. His agent should have told him no. But uh, Tom Higginson from the Plain White Tees. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, man. Your agent's going to be pissed after you're doing this show. They're going to be like, you're going backwards. You're going. Yeah, you know, I, I went rogue yeah, we- on this one. I went rogue. You asked me, and I'm like, well, should I check with anybody? Nah, I'll just do it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, it's awesome, man. Like, I'm a, I, I fucking love your band, dude, honestly. Like, I, I liked it for a while now. It was like, uh, I'd say I'm, I'm 35 now. I probably liked it for about 10 years or so, man. Uh, you got you some good shit, man. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, dude. Thank you so much. No problem, man. Like, uh, I try, you know, I try. Well, it finally paid off. You got a compliment. <laughs> after, filling arenas, after filling arenas forever, you finally got... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, this was the real validation that I needed, so thank yeah. you so much. Okay. Well, congratulations. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the top. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, man, like, uh, how'd you start, uh, how did you start out in music? Kind of cheesy question. I like asking rock stars. Like, I, how did you kind of start out in music, I guess, like uh, popular music, I guess? Like? No, I love that question. So I was always, like, growing up, like... Of course, you know, like every, I'm sure you love music as a kid as well, but I just always like, I don't know, I always, I always loved it. Like, I feel like more than like my friends or more than other people, like probably to a weird obsessive place, you know? Um, And when I was in eighth grade, I started writing songs. Like I was like, you know, I would write like, like back then it was like, um, you know, crisscross and shit was on the radio, you know? And so I would get like, I would buy the cassette tape singles and they'd always come with an instrumental of the, of the song. And so I would just sit with the instrumental and I'd write my own songs to them. And so then in freshman year, I like got a, you know, I I started actually playing drums was my first instrument. I got a drum kit for Christmas and just kind of sat downstairs every day on my drum set and just listened to records, listened to like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Weezer records, and just like, just sat there and just figured it out and played along with them until I could actually, you know, get through a full album pretty easy. And then I started playing guitar. I, I actually, funny story, uh, a buddy of mine left his guitar at my house. I actually had a bass, a shitty, shitty bass. And we traded because he was going to learn how to play bass. And so he like, as collateral, left me his like Fender Stratocaster. And I shit you not, like a week later, him, his family moved. So he moved away with my literally like, like $77 bass. And I had his Fender Stratocaster. So I'm like, cool, I guess I'm going to learn how to play guitar. And so then I, I taught myself guitar. And all my buddies were, you know, kind of into music. So everybody, you know, it's kind of the thing to do. You're a freshman, sophomore in high school. 
you learn how to play guitar. You're trying to, to pick up chicks or something. So it's like you, you learn, you got to learn some chords. Uh, so me and my buddies were, uh, we just kind of would come in my basement and like jam every night after, after school, every day after school, we would just like jam. I'd play drums. I'd play guitar. We just had like, we'd cover like just alternative rock songs. And then, uh, when high school was ending, basically, I started, uh, you know, writing songs that I guess were my friends thought were cool enough to like perform on our own, like as a band. And so that's when Plain White Tea started. That's awesome. And you, get, you gave me chills when you talked about how you got your guitar. Like that's just like, as a universe, just like, like it's just supposed to be sometimes, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it was so random. And then, dude, the kid would like, like it didn't, it wasn't even like a goodbye. Like literally went to school the next day and it was like, oh yeah. His name was Derek Maitland. Like, yeah. Like, the, I think the teacher told us. Like, yeah, Derek's family moved, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I guess I just kind of inherited a Fender Stratocaster. Cool. That's so crazy, man, to think about. Like, how, how that would have been different if any, anything else happened, you know? If you're like, I just, it's kind of crazy to totally. think about. Like totally. It's definitely the universe, man. Like, uh, what, what was like, this is kind of a cheesy question, but I love this. I love the answers. Like, so I, I, the questions are dumb, but I love the answers. Um, <laughs> but like, what was, what was like your, like, I made it moment for like the plain white cheese? Like, what was what, like when you finally saw like something, you're like, wow, I guess I'm, I guess I have a band, you know, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you know? it did. Well, it was, you know, uh, so the, the back when we started, it was 1997 and, you know, Delilah was huge on the radio in 2007. So it literally was like a 10 year like a very slow climb. And then all of a sudden we shot up, you know, but, um, so I would say, you know, through that 10 years, you know, there were little wins, you know, it was like, Oh, we just, you know, the, we sold this show, this like, you know, shitty little venue in Iowa is sold out, you know, 180 tickets or something. But last time we were here, we only sold, you know, 90 tickets. So, you know, there was like the little things like that where yeah, along yeah. The way, we're, we're getting, you know, bigger bands are taking us out on tour because they like our album or whatever, you know. There was all those little, like, you know, little victories, I guess, along the way. But, like, I would say the one, like, there, there was definitely a couple little moments in there. But I think what you're, you know, to answer your question, the best one would be, uh, we were playing, uh, where, where are you at again? You're, you're Midwest, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm. Uh, St. Louis to, to save time oh, around St. Louis. Okay. So, so do you know the Milwaukee Summerfest? Do you ever get up there at all? I've heard of it. I have not been, but I've heard of that. So they, yeah. So we're Chicago. So that's like, an, you know, an hour and a half away from us. So it was a big deal. Like every, like every year around the 4th of July, ever since I was a kid, I mean, they've probably been doing this since the, I don't know, the seventies or something, but they, uh, they do this thing, Milwaukee Summerfest. And it's like a week long thing where they have bands and they have like, you know, almost like a mini festival back before there were like, you know, Lollapaloozas and Coachellas and stuff. Milwaukee was, was the, uh, the pioneers of it all, I guess. But they did, uh, you know, all these little stages um, and we would play there coming up. You know, we'd play on some shitty little side stage and there'd be yeah, 200 kids out there and it would be super fun. You know, it was awesome. And so there was this one, the summer that Delilah was kind of starting to get played on the radio. Um, we were booked for Milwaukee Summerfest and I think we got like bumped up to like a bigger stage because the song, you know, it was kind of some momentum happening for us. Awesome. Um, so we were on like a bigger stage and we, you know, we kind of sat, we got there early. We did our sound check to like an empty, you know, no crowd or anything. And then we literally were sitting backstage for the next, you know, four or five hours. Like you do every day, like Groundhog Day on tour, you know, tour life. 
Um, and then we came out, we were obviously the headlining band uh, on the stage that night. And so, you know, 9.30 rolls around, whatever our set time is. And we, we roll out onto the stage and there's literally like 10,000 people. The thing is, it's packed. People as far as you can see. And we all kind of like had this like moment of like, wait, who's playing after us? I thought we were last. You know, like, like we did, it took a second to click in that like, holy shit, that's like, this is what it means to like have a hit song on the radio. You know, it, it was yeah, wild. Yeah. And so that was like the first moment of like, where we all kind of looked at each other and like, holy shit, dudes, you know, like this is happening. This is real. So that was, that was definitely one of those, uh, you know, memorable, like, wow, we did it kind of moments for sure. I mean, going to the Grammys obviously was a big deal. We were like seated right across the aisle from Ringo Starr. Like, you know, those, <laughs> there was definitely some surreal moments in there. Um, but yeah, for some reason that Milwaukee Summerfest was like, wow, you know, we did it. I wonder if that's how it is for like all musicians, like how you just describe the Ringo Starr thing. Like, like, it was like someone was like that for him, you know, like Elvis was like that for him potentially, or so I'm just making shit up, but like someone like that. And like, but, uh, yeah, like, totally. and there's people like that now, probably like, like oh my God, like that, like, like you become that probably by being a uh, successful <laughs> musician now, you know, there's probably people, sure. that are, people are like that, like mus people aspiring to be musicians today, looking to your band and like, your band single that that Dwell song, uh, Hey There Dwell, like that, like um, that didn't get cheesy. Like a lot of bands, like they have like a single blow up so much. That song never got cheesy. I feel like it was just like a, <laughs> it was just like a good song still. Like if you play that, I mean, you can play that in a bar right now. You'd have everybody sing along to it if they're a certain age. You know, it's like it's like it's like you wrote something that's like kind of timeless, really. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like through the years, like you're saying, like the song kind of never goes away. It, it seems to always like show up like it, it's probably trending right now on TikTok or something because it's like uh, i feel like yeah maybe it is just that timeless vibe whatever whatever i tapped into you know yeah, God, yeah. i wish i could do that every time you know but um <laughs> that's why i hear everybody like, say yeah, i feel like kids kids hear that song now and maybe because it is just like a stripped down you know acoustic and a vocal like it doesn't sound like was it was this from the 60s was this from the 80s was this from the 2000s was this right now you kind of can't tell i guess so i feel like kids hear it now and it still feels as as authentic i guess as it did back then yeah it does sound like a real song it's interesting the authenticity you brought up is a good point too i mean juice world covered this song i mean that's like uh that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's huge i'm not like a big juice world fan but he's a huge rapper in like that scene oh, totally. you know it's like, that's like a big like you know it's not like my you know what i mean but that's that's a huge thing too it's like uh i don't know man that's crazy like the multi-generation yeah, kind of over culturally and everything yeah that's I, that's crazy congrats on your success outside <laughs> that too i know you have success like like more but that's just a that's a song everybody knows i think you know it's just one of those songs that for sure man it's like some of the songs you'll have like certain percentages will know i mean it's like but that's like a that's pop culture now i mean you're you're like in pop culture now with that song i think man you know oh yeah man well thank you yeah craziness that's, that is crazy <laughs> to think about like uh so so you're a cubs fan right oh yeah <laughs> i'm sorry to hear about that man like uh, <laughs> Well, well, no, I think we beat you guys uh, yesterday pretty bad. I know. I saw that right before the interview. I, I, saw, I saw on your page that you're like, you're like oh, who's going to win today? And I, I like, remembered the score yesterday. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we, we, that came out of like an 11-game losing streak or something. So, yeah. We have, we have, ten, more, we have 10 more World Series, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can I'm rub it in. 
<laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. I, I, it's the basic rivalry. I have to talk shit. It's like it's, oh, in, yeah. me. it's in me, man. Like, <laughs> but uh, so so what uh, what was the best part of like like being being a rock star? Like, what would you say? Like, what, what would you tell somebody that like they're thinking about being a rock star, going to college? Like, I don't not the, don't <laughs> don't give advice on scoring, but like, what what was the best part of like being like the being a rock star, man? Like, well, I mean, dude, it's just it, it, I mean, it, I, this is again, you're probably wanting like some some uh you know scandalous crazy answer but honestly that's a true one that is true. like it's really yeah you, honestly yeah. like to be able to do something that you love you know like and make a living out of it i mean dude that's the dream that's why people are like you know it's like everybody wants to be a rock star but they don't you know it's not the safest you know life plan for sure it's you know, right. that's why it's like a one in a million shot of making it or everybody wants to be a, a, an artist or a movie star or whatever it is. But, you know, not everybody, I guess, is able to to really follow their heart and really commit 100 percent to doing that, um, you know, for whatever reason. There's a million reasons not to, I guess. <laughs> but for me, uh, I, I guess I just never. I don't know. The band always would, would like tease me as being like the like eternal optimist. Like we would literally like, like there were so many moments where we probably should have, you know, thrown in the towel. Like our gear, all of our gear got stolen on this one tour. We had to like go on borrowing like the other band's shit to like finish the tour. And then like ask our fans like, Hey, does anybody like have, you know, any allowance to donate to us so we can like buy new gear? Like, you know, like a lot of really huge uh, obstacles, but but I was always like, oh guys, this is like not like of course it wasn't cool that we got our equipment stolen, but it was like, oh we'll figure it out, you know, like we got to keep going because you know because we have to. It was just like something in me, like driving me, and I never once questioned it or like even once would have like accepted failure as like an option, you know. It was just like even though we had plenty of failures, it was like, no, you just got to keep going and we're going to, we're going to make it, you know? Um, so yeah. So to answer your question, anybody that's like debating whether you want to go to college or be a rock star, I mean, I guess it's like a, a question for yourself. I think if you, I don't think anybody accidentally became a rock star, you know? <laughs> um, like I always joke with my, my, I've got I'll, I'll, obviously all my friends and stuff are like music guys and everything. But I'm always telling them, like, you know, Kurt Cobain, I use as an example, like the tortured artist, right? Who like, he seemed like, it seems like Kurt Cobain, like, like happened into it, right? <laughs> like, oh, he's like, just happens to be the biggest, in the biggest band in the world. And, you know, and he was the tortured artist and he hated the fame and everything, which I'm sure came along with it. But dude, that fucking guy worked his ass off to get there. He wanted to be the biggest band in the world. He showed up for those music videos and he fucking performed and he fucking, you know, it was no accident that, that Nirvana was huge, you know? So I guess the point is, is I, I, I don't think, I think if you really want to, to, and again, whether it's be a musician, be a, an artist of any kind, you know, it's like you just, you, you have to know it to like an extent where no one can t talk, no one can tell you no, or no one can talk you out of it. Or I should say, you won't listen to any no's because a lot of people will tell you no, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know differently, you know? 
So I guess if you're having to decide, uh, this here's the funny answer. I'm flipping my, my, my answer now. I guess if it's even a question in your mind, go to college because you don't believe in yourself enough. And I think if you don't believe 100% and you're not sure, then you, might, you probably won't make it, you know, because I, I really do think it, it takes every ounce of you to, you know, to, to, to get there, I guess. That's, oh, that's, does that make sense? No, that's super, that's super honest answer. No, I, th- I think that was very honest. I think I, I hear from a lot of people getting the art in general like that, that what you say that it took like 10 years to go there, the focus. Um, and then I, when you say you're blind to optimism or whatever, you, however you phrased it, um, I think that like that is, I think that's probably your thing. That was like, your, I mean, you're, you're talented and stuff. But to get talented, you almost have to do all those things. You know, it's like you have to develop it. Now, in my, from my perspective, I think most of the people I hear put in their 10 years about that, if they last anyway. I mean, you have, you have flukes and stuff. You have, I mean, a lot of those guys, I mean, I, I hear that they work their ass off. Like, like you said, Cobain, like he would, he would call radio stations requesting his song. He would, he, oh, was, yeah. he would sleep on couches. He would, I mean, he fucking fought for it too. I mean, the same way we all had to in whatever degree we're doing, you know, in, in any kind of art really. Like any Absolutely. Kind of like, like the comedy hustle is very similar to, to the musician hustle except for we can't we don't have we don't have we don't have instruments like we, we have less setup time you know <laughs> but it's the yeah, same well, that's good. it's one less thing to learn right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> one exactly. less thing to go wrong on stage <laughs> yeah and you, you were telling me when you when your stuff got like uh taken dude i like I, I got like a weird sense of like the universe again like i think you borrowing other people's instruments gave it a cooler fucking story to do a show with you it was like like, <laughs> like, like from the i mean you're freaking out probably trying to repair everything like like for not but but the band like think about that they're like yeah man the plain white tees like put use my drum set last night I, like it just adds like story like glory to their story and their line <laughs> of like whatever they're doing too you know it's like totally. how, it's a cool thing like that felt like another thing that was just supposed to fucking happen no matter how shitty it was i mean I, like, like that just it creates magic sometimes man it just sounded like magic there you know like that you were able to even tour after that you didn't give up like so many people would have so many people would have been like oh i'm going back home to to my my air conditioning and like and whatever else you yeah. know oh yeah and, and like would have, and like i think you hit on a lot of things too like talking about how like you just kept going for that distance and i think that's i mean that's the difference between a successful person and a person that daydreams really you know absolutely like, man is that yeah and like you, you said know? it's like yeah the, the the whole time i think i kind of just realized like man this is just all part of the story like that was a good way of putting it you know and not not even thinking that like oh yeah that other band now they've got a story because we you know use their gear and you know but yeah it's like yeah everybody the whole especially the you know i'm sure you know in in the comic scene but like music scene is so like tight-knit you know i mean it's like even the guys we used to tour with that never made it are half of them are like producers now or A&R guy, you know, industry people. It's like, yeah. you know, you kind of get in. Everybody kind of starts as like an artist or a band trying to make it, but like everybody kind of finds their own path, you know? So that's kind of another thing going back to your last question. Like if you love music or if you love an, an artistic industry, like you kind of got to go for it. And then even if you don't make it to like, you know, what your dream was or what your initial goal was, you'll kind of find some other path, I believe, you know? Where you're supposed to be. Everybody fits in yeah. where you're supposed to be. It's all collaboration related. That's what's interesting about that. Like, I mean, same with like whatever this is, this podcasting. It's like, it's, a, it's just like, a, it's the same thing. It's like, I, 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 have, I have the luxury of being able to talk to people like you and asking anything, you know, it's like crazy. It's a kind of a crazy like situation like uh like but the work that goes into it no no one sees that they just kind of see you just like on like well, yeah this band kicks ass man but they'll see like the fucking what took it there to, you know like what kind of 
and that's just an interesting kind of thing with like art and just hardworking people, man. Like, and like, I, I think we got a lot of that, man, right now. It's like, it's everywhere. It's like, like, we're so lucky, you know, like, it's like just people, you know? Oh yeah, man. It's like crazy. I got, that's too soft, right? I need to make fun of something to compensate for how soft I just got, right? I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Light something on fire or something. No, Ooh. but not. Who are some people you like looked up to like in music and stuff like that? I was like a kid or something. I mean, so, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. So there was a band, a couple local bands, actually, Chicago bands. Um, there's one guy, I don't know, this is kind of insignificant to you. Maybe a lot of people won't know who this band is, but there was like a local band called Loud Lucy from Chicago. And they were on tour when I was in high school, like, the biggest like Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, you know that album? Your big that album, was, yeah, yeah. Dude, that album was like like blew my mind when I first heard that. Like she was just so like at that time just so raw and vulnerable. And that's honestly like the album that made me really want to like like pursue music. Like I said, I was already kind of writing songs and playing yeah. with my buddies. But it was that album that was kind of like, holy shit, like it just struck such a chord, I think, in, you know, obviously in millions of people because it was like a huge, huge, uh, again, pop culture moment for her with that record. Um, but I was definitely really moved by it. And um, so the tie-in is that there was a sh Chicago band on, that got the opening slot for her. And so I ended up seeing <laughs> them, you know, opening up for Alanis and then following them locally, and the singer was actually this super sweet dude, Christian Lane was his name. And I would like go see his band, and I would give him like my shitty ass demo tapes. Like this is even before Plain White Tees, when I was just, you know, recording songs in my basement by myself and like just giving them to my friends and shit, you know? And so I would like give him my shitty demos. And then the next time I would go see his band, he would be like, he would like, go out of his way to be like oh you're the dude that gave me that tape right like yeah i listened to it with my dad man it was really cool like keep it up like encouraging me you know yeah. so that was like i had a few of those moments there's a band you ever heard of the band the smoking popes no i haven't actually so they're another chicago band but they were actually uh got a lot bigger than loud lucy they were like a national band on a major label and you know okay um anyway they were super sweet dudes too and I met them at a couple of their shows, and they actually came because I would give them flyers and stuff. for. Without sponsors like Hopper, John's Beard Company, we just wouldn't exist. And it won't be long until your beard thanks you for buying Copper John's Beard oils and soaps and whatever. I mean, they have so much different stuff. Right? So go to CopperJohnsBeard.com, get some soaps and wash, beard oil, gray beard oil, beard butter, cologne, body butter, soaps and wash, apparel, candles, accessories, gift cards. Just go there, check it out, and try to get a majestic beard like mine. Play White Tees when we were like, a tiny ass local band playing at like the VFW halls around the suburbs. And they like showed up to one of our shows at like a church basement in the suburbs. And everybody, like all of our other friends bands that we were all like little competition with, you know, to be like the coolest local band, they were all like, Holy fuck dude. The Spoken Popes came to see the plain white tees. Like it was the uh -huh. biggest deal. So there was like, you know, those, those, the, the little moments that like you know in the big picture not not that big deal but dude to like a 18 year old local band again trying to figure it out trying to do whatever it takes to like make it like 
those moments were fucking monumental to us, you know? No, I felt the way you said it, like, it felt, like, like you're pretty you're like pretty real to yourself and you're telling like honest stories i feel like i, I can like almost feel the magic with the way you're talking about it. it's, it, it, I, yeah. like, like a goosebumps time, uh, time. <laughs> uh, now i just feel that man you're being sincere uh, uh, this is this is super cheesy too but i just want to know how'd you guys come up with the band name like uh yeah so we we especially back in the early days and i mean i guess you can still tell with like you know song like we were talking about with hater delilah how it kind of sounds like it could have been written 50 years ago, you know, just the way the presentation of it and everything. But uh, especially when we were starting out, we were super inspired by like oldies, you know, like music from the 50s and 60s. Um, you know, I was kind of like, I was into, uh, really into like old Motown and then like boys to men and stuff. And then along came the alternative, you know, like I was saying, Green Day, Weezer, Nirvana. And so, the, if you kind of play my tease, we, we have like a, the alternative edge to us, but there's also those that kind of timeless vibe. So I kind of feel like our sound was kind of a melding of like the 90s alternative rock and like, like I said, like the oldies from like the 50s and 60s, you know. Um, so yeah, so Plain White Tease was literally like an homage to like, you know, the the fifties with like a guy with a leather jacket and a plant, like the Fonz or like James yeah, yeah. Dean or something, you know, that's cool. That's cool. I never knew yeah. that. I was just, I, I didn't read that anywhere. So I was just wondering, and then like, uh, that, that's cool, man. And, um, uh, so I guess like, uh, did a lot of, I don't know. That has me, you have me picturing all that shit. It's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, you said a lot of shit there. Then that's, uh, that's really cool, man. Like, um, so did you like, uh, I guess, what did you write this song over a period of time or like was this like a, just something you sat down and wrote like the Hayler, uh the delilah song or whatever yeah Hayler delilah? that Hayler delilah was written i mean it was so literally i mean i'll, I'll give you the quick version. i've told the story obviously a million times I'll give you the figured, quick version. um so it's about a real girl named delilah i you met her in the grammys chicago. i read that oh yeah yeah so I yeah you that. know she's real but yeah. i met her in chicago she was a friend of a friend we went to a concert together with, with a, uh, another friend and literally like she, Delilah had a boyfriend. I was just like, Oh my God, she's so freaking pretty. So I was just goofily like, you know, flirting, but like knowing she had a boyfriend. So just being, being goofy, honestly, you know? And at the end of the day, I gave her our old C our CD that we had out at the time. And cause she was going back to school the next day in New York. So literally that was, I, I met this girl one day, and I think I ended, I ended the night as we dropped her off being like, Hey, you know, I've got a song about you. And she kind of looked at me like, okay. And like walked away. Right. Like that was my, my, you know, hail Mary or so, or whatever. Right, and right. so then the next day she went back to school in New York and uh, we kept in touch on aim. You remember aim? At I all? do. I do. <laughs> so we kept in touch on aim and she ended up really liking the CD that I gave her. And so she was like, started asking me like, so where's that song? Where's, you know, you told me you had a song about me. Where's my song? And literally she was kind of like, like prompting or, you know, like, like asking for it, like wanting me, you know, I don't know maybe and she was probably just playing along as well, but that made me think like, well, shit, I should write the fucking song, you know? And so literally, after like you know a couple of weeks of just going back and forth with her i sat down and no joke the entire first verse and chorus just like 
fucking rolled out of my, like, I didn't even think about it. It was just like, hey there, Delilah, uh, you know, what's it like in New York City? What rhymes with city? Pretty. Uh, you're a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. You know, it was literally like no thought whatsoever. It just rolled out. And then the, oh, it's what you do to me, I thought was literally like, oh, I'll think of some real lyrics later. But like, that's just what came out of my mouth. And then like, you know, I made it like a little, like a voice memo or whatever. I don't even think there were voice memos at the time. I probably had my little tape, you know, like tape <laughs> cassette player to record, record my idea. And then when I came back to it, like the next day, listened to it, I was like, fuck, this is actually really good. And so then I kind of like, I kind of like took my time writing the rest of the lyrics because I felt like those first, that first chunk was so strong that it was like, almost like, oh fuck, like now the bar is set kind of high. I need to, every other line in the song has got to be as good as those first few, you know? And, but the problem was because I didn't really know this girl, that first <laughs> verse, if you look at it, it's like, okay, that is the, that is the real connection. Like, I'm, I met you in Chicago. You're in New York City. What's it like out there? We're a thousand miles away. You know, don't worry about the distance. Give this song another listen. And then from that point on, I was like, well, fuck, that's all I got. Like, I don't know anything else about this girl. I don't know, you know, any other details to put in it. So I wrote the rest of the song basically from like, okay, what like if I was in this relationship with somebody long distance, like being a guy in the in a band that's trying to make it, it was like, okay, someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar, you know, like stick with me, like we're gonna make it, you know, like I kind of just wrote the rest of the song very hypothetically, like just kind of creating a story, like if I was dating somebody in a, in a long distance, like what would I say? What would be the perfect thing to 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 put into the song? Um, but it was really that first verse that was directly inspired and just came out just based on the, 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 re the reality of, you know, just meeting this girl and she was at school in New York, you know? Um, that's actually what I was asking originally. I almost wonder if it was like stream of consciousness. I almost felt that by how you answer your questions and stuff. It probably just came together like that. That's what, that's just like, that's what I mean. Like, look at your story, man. It's like, like, yeah, all this like magic happened. You have a guitar just left to you. And then you have a song, you have, you have like, and then like a bunch of stuff like Quincy's happened too. And then you have a song that you write basically like just come, that comes naturally. And this was just meant to be, man. You're, you're just meant to be this person you are, you know, it's like, well, the funny thing is though, man, it's like, uh, yes, a hundred percent, but you've been a lot of work though. <laughs> yeah. There was like, what about like the, you know, 200 songs that I wrote before Hater Delight, or you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like, what I got you like there. You've, yeah, exactly. You've got to like, uh, there's this great quote. Uh, I, I don't know who, who said it, but it really, uh, it struck a chord with me and I just heard it like recently. I never heard it before, but, uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Huh. No, that's, I that's real. That's, that's real. fucking genius because it's like, yeah, of course, as you know, man, so much of what we do is luck. It's like, man, yeah. like, you know, you still have to have, get that lightning in a bottle, one in a million shot. But the harder you work and the more you, the more you do, the more you write, the more you get on stage, the more you put yourself out there, the closer to those, even, even being in the, in the, in the room for those opportunities to happen, you know, um, 
everything you do gets you like one step closer, I guess. No, that, that's so true. And like, what, like just even podcasting, man, like just like, like to get, to get a guy like you on, even on this show, I mean, that, that's a huge deal for a show like this. You know, it's like, it, and it's just like, and that happens like fucking, I'm lucky right now. It happens a lot. You know, it's like, I like every, no one should say yes to my show at this point, but everyone, <laughs> everyone's so like interesting and big and like whatever else, you know, it's just, it's just like a blessing. And I feel like the same way I work really hard though. Like you said though, it's like, you have to write those 200 songs to get to get to get to your hit, man. You have to, you have to do those like 200 episodes, get your hit, hit episodes. You know, it's like, you have to keep doing it no matter what i think I, I agree with you 100 i have the same work ethic i feel like i'm not as talented in music otherwise i'd be a, i'd be a rock star too i just sound like shit you know <laughs> it wasn't my oh, choice yeah. i'd be i probably <laughs> ideally you have you have the most sought after job in probably fucking america right now like like to be a, a, a lead singer of a rock band that's like the fucking i mean you ask any kid what they want to be in our generation man i mean you're probably a little older but like we're similar generation like like we're like that that's what i mean you have their job and you have the you have the thing that everybody i mean you worked for it though you earned it it's you know i mean it's like a yeah and that's that's the thing it's like it's like i like i don't know i guess i just everybody wants it right but why the fuck why aren't you know why isn't everybody doing it i guess it's like you know like you kind of touched on earlier like there's a lot of really talented people and there's a lot of people that can sing way better than me and write way better songs than me if they you know put their their mind to it or whatever but like 90, I would say 95% of success is just work, work and, and doing it. You know, that's the thing. It's like people aren't, they want it, but they're not willing to like, like we said before, just really dedicate the time and dedicate the, themselves to doing it. Um, Cause getting, yeah, a, get, get, getting results are almost like a double-edged sword. Cause I, I feel like I feel the time wasted, but like the reward, I'd always wonder what it was no matter what, you know, it's like, I, I feel like if I didn't chase this or like, if you didn't, I, I, you seem like a similar person. If you didn't chase this, you'd always be like wondering if you could have or would have, you know, you'd be like, man, could I have done that? I feel like I could have, you know, it's like, it, it's one of those things. Like, I feel like we, guys like us would have been chasing, we're in different categories, but we would have been chasing it no matter what I feel like. Like, Absolutely, and it's just like yeah it's just like and i think about that i'm like how much time have i wasted just to to get to, to be able to talk to a guy from the play my teaser what to get to a point you I mean to get to a point where you can do this stuff and it's like and like same with like music i imagine even more with music so you're probably practicing way more than i am as as, as, as <laughs> like how many day, times a day you have to practice to be, to be fucking, like you'd be you'd be surprised uh we try try to do as little as possible but no <laughs> i'm just kidding i no practice to me uh, is like more of just instead of practicing, it's more of just trying to write. You know, I'm I'm always okay. always making little voice memos. You know, I'm not a super virtuoso guitar player or anything like that. Um, but for me, where where I'm, you know, kind of led or driven or whatever is always in the the writing, like the creative process. Like to me, that's something where every day, even if I never touch a guitar. I'll be thinking about that song I started the other day and seeing if there's a tweak that I can make or a better lyric or something or, or a bridge or some shit, you know, or, um, I don't know, just kind of every day there's some kind of, you know, voice memo or whatever, uh, in the writing process. So to me, that's my practice. Almost like, I guess that's a painter would like, you know, even if he's not, doesn't grab a paintbrush, he's still, you know, probably at some point, at some point of his day, he sees something or thinks about a painting he's working on or a painting he's going to do. You know, it's like, I don't know. I guess it's, yeah, less about mastering the, the, your instrument. Uh, to me, I, I'm more interested in just like 
you know, just, just creating and creating, I guess. I don't know. Like I started in, in like this last year, I actually started a solo project. My first ever uh, solo music I put out outside of Plain White Tees. Uh, and it's called Million Miler. It's like an 80s, hmm. 80s aesthetic. It's basically like if, like if Plain White Tees were around in like 1985, it's kind of what it's <laughs> like. It's very fun and honest lyrics and everything. Um, but just like with a synth, you know, that eighties fucking synth bed, uh, like, uh, I don't know. It, I, I love, it's like a, almost like a passion project for me. Um, but again, it's like, I just want to create, you know, I want to do stuff with music and I want to try new things. And I'm just always inspired to just sit down and, and create stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's just my, the latest thing that I've been coming up with. So I've got a, a, an album I just put out uh, from uh, on that name, Million Miler. So if you guys, if anybody out there likes Plain White Tees or likes my music, you've got to check that out because it's, like I said, it's super fun. Uh, you can dance to it, but you can still, you know, it's still got the heart like Plain White Tees does. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I should have done more homework on that and listened to it first. So I, I had something to say about it, but I should oh, dude, no, <laughs> no worries. But yeah, no, believe me, it's it very... Sure. It's very uh, independent and, you know, underground. Not many people know about it yet, but uh, I'm going to start doing some shows and stuff this winter. So start, you know, again, it's, it's almost like starting, starting from scratch where it's like, cool, I've got this new project that nobody knows, but I know it's fucking awesome. Just like I knew Plain White Tees was awesome when we started, you know, so it's just a matter of like, you know, working and chipping away at it and just watching it grow bigger and bigger. So yeah, it's like a, a fresh thing I'm doing. Million Miler. Imagine a cup of coffee without the jitters, an edible without the sugar, a joint without the smoke. Just an energizing high that's all natural, no fuss. Go get a My High THC stir stick from GetMyHigh.com right now. It will change your life. You're going to love it. And if you're just starting out with THC or you're an experienced user, awesome either way. Uh, it's a lot better than all that terrible poisonous smoke in your lungs, and it's kind of a healthy way to kind of relax and focus and whatever, however it works for you. So go to GetMyHigh.com, link in the description, and get you some stir sticks.